Welcome to Biblical Foundations, a podcast of the Center for Biblical Studies at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. I'm your co-host, Jimmy Rowe, along with Dr. Andreas Kostenberger. Join us as we discuss issues in biblical scholarship for the church. Thank you for joining us today at Biblical Foundations. Here with me is Dr. Andreas Kostenberger, who is the director of the Center for Biblical Studies. And today our guest is Dr. Tom Schreiner. Dr. Schreiner serves as a James Buchanan Harrison professor of New Testament interpretation and professor of biblical theology, as well as the associate dean of the School of Theology at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. A Pauline scholar, Dr. Schreiner is the author of several books, including Paul, Apostle of God's Glory in Christ, a Pauline Theology, and New Testament Theology, Magnifying God in Christ. Dr. Schreiner, uh, thank you for joining us today. Well, it's great to be with you. I'm looking forward to the discussion. Well, uh, Jimmy, you call Tom a Pauline scholar, and rightly so, because this has been his primary focus, I think, of publication for many years now. But more recently, Tom, you've branched out into other areas. I'm thinking of your handbook on Acts and Paul's letters, where you also have a very helpful discussion of the book of Acts and the ESV expository commentary to which you've contributed a 200-plus page commentary in Revelation. So let's maybe first turn to the handbook on Acts and Paul's letters. Uh, Tom, could you please tell us a little bit about that project and the series of handbooks of which it is a part? Like, what's the purpose and target audience and how did you approach writing this book? And maybe also, how does it differ from, say, a New Testament introduction or the expository commentary? Yes. Uh, well, we, we have had for a number of years, as you know, Andreas, mm-hmm. uh, we've had the handbooks um, in the uh, Old Testament series. Victor Hamilton, uh, Robert Chisholm, and mm-hmm. Daniel Estes, and others contributed. So, uh, Ben Glad at RTS uh, uh, Jackson came up with the idea of doing a a similar series in the the New Testament. I know, Andreas, you're doing uh, the general epistles and revelation, and Ben's doing the gospels, and I'm doing the Acts and the Pauline letters. I believe you're finished, aren't you, Andreas, with your volume? Yes, I am. I think it's supposed to come out next summer. That's great. That's great. So, you can circle back if I didn't answer everything you said, but you know, a typical New Testament introduction focuses on the 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 date of the letter, uh, historical critical questions regarding authorship, opponents, uh, the situation—all very important questions. But I think that the genius of this handbook and of my volume on Acts and Paul, and and your volume and Ben's as well, Andreas, is mm-hmm. that we focus actually on the content of uh, each of the books we're uh, studying. And, and in particular, we try to chase down and, and uh, explicate the Old Testament uh, allusions or echoes or quotations in, in, in the literature. So I, th- I think that the series is, is very accessible I think, I, honestly, I think high school high school students who are interested in the Bible could understand what we're doing. Uh-huh. I think it's a great textbook for college, for interested lay people, and I think I think in seminary too. I think more and more in our culture today, we have students coming to us who uh, maybe because of their uh, social media they don't they don't read as much. Uh-huh. <laughs> they don't they don't know as well perhaps the content 
of the scriptures. So our, our purpose is to write a very uh, accessible uh, introduction to, to what we actually find, in my case, in the Acts and Pauline letters. Yeah, I love that uh, emphasis on on the text, and it's 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 so helpful to come back to the text, which, after all, is is what we're all seeking to interpret and to to interpret it very closely, like you said, both in its its own context and in in, in its canonical uh, context with with the various Old Testament allusions and echoes and and quotations and so forth. Yeah, Doctor Schreiner, I think uh, you mentioned that a distinguishing distinguishing feature of the handbook is its accessibility for pastors and general students of scripture. Um, in addition to your contributions to scholarship, you've also served as a pastor and preacher for many years. Uh, how would you say you approach your calling as a scholar pastor? If we can use those terms. Yeah, I think, um, I think my scholarship uh, has served me really well in my pastoral ministry. Of course, we know life is very busy, and there's so much uh, there is to do. But if, but if, but if you've uh, been able to study and examine the New Testament books uh, as a professor, when it came to preaching and teaching, I had a I had a lot to draw on already from my scholarly work. So then, when it came to writing sermons. I had a nice head start in many cases, not all, not in every case. If I was preaching from an Old Testament book, I, I had to do more uh, legwork. Uh, so I think I think my scholarly work helped my pastoral ministry, and I think my pastoral ministry helped my scholarly work be, because it helped me see as I was writing the, the kinds of questions and, and concerns I think that ordinary people uh, would have in terms of the of the biblical text. So so I think it was mutually enriching on both sides. The scholarly side helped my pastoral side and, and vice versa. Yes, Tom, I noticed uh, that in uh, in your recent work on Revelation, where you mentioned that you preached through the whole book, and hopefully we can talk a little bit more about that uh, later in the podcast. But I first want to turn to another one of your publications. Tom, you've recently revised your Baker exegetical commentary on Romans almost 20 years after its original publication. Uh, can you please tell us what kind of adjustments did you make, especially in light of a new perspective on Paul? And maybe for our listeners, perhaps you can explain briefly what the new perspective is. And then I'd also love to have you tell us uh, where you think we currently stand in that discussion. After all, E.P. Sanders wrote his groundbreaking work, Paul and Palestinian Judaism, uh, over 40 years ago now. So the new perspective is not so new anymore. Uh, And what, if anything, have you learned from the new perspective? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, what a privilege it was to do a second edition of Romans almost 20 years Uh later. And uh, I decided when I was doing the second edition, I wasn't going to do just a light uh-huh. New edition. I was going to take into account um, scholarship. There's tw- at least 20 major commentaries written on <laughs> Romans in those 20 years, Incredible. and then many monographs and articles. Of course, I didn't read everything. That's, you know, is, isn't that interesting? That's impossible to do today. Uh-huh. Even uh-huh. even in a letter like Romans, I mean, I just couldn't cover everything. But I, I, I think I had a really good sense of uh, recent scholarship on Romans. Um, so I tried to sharpen the argument. Uh, 
obviously I, I made a lot of uh, stylistic changes, uh, maybe minor exegetical uh -huh. changes. I, I suppose that the, the biggest changes were on Romans 2, 14 and 15, uh -huh. which speaks of the, the, the law being written on the heart of the Gentiles. In my first edition, I argued that was unbelieving Gentiles. In my second in second edition, I argue that that's referring to Christians. Uh -huh. So that's I'm that is still a very difficult issue. I would never claim now I know I'm right. Now I know that I've uh -huh. reached the the, the clear uh, right conclusion. But Simon Gathercole, Ardell Kennedy, and others have written very interesting articles defending uh, this this uh, understanding of the text on, on Romans seven thirteen through twenty five. I incline more to a view that's less popular today, honestly, and that is that it includes Christian experience. So uh, I was I was influenced by Will Timmons's recent dissertation on this. Right. I had long conversations with Will in uh, Australia when I was there, and he he played a role in in moving me in 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 uh -huh. that direction. You know, it's very interesting what you said, Andreas, about the new perspective. You know, I wrote that commentary in 1998, I believe, uh -huh. but already because I'd done my dissertation on Paul and circumcision and Paul, and I'd written a book on Paul and the law, actually already in 1998, I'd interacted with the new perspective significantly. Uh -huh. So I would say that I don't think that changed very much in my new edition. The, the new perspective uh, for your listeners uh -huh. especially emphasizes the uh, sociological dimension of Paul's theology, that the barriers between Jews and Gentiles have come down. It, it, it emphasizes that Jews and Gentiles are one in Christ, and it, it tends to de-emphasize the soteriological dimensions of Paul's understanding of justification. So the, in, that, that, that we're right with God through faith in Jesus Christ. At least the new perspective emphasizes the horizontal dimension that Jews and Gentiles are reconciled. Of course, and what the new perspective affirms, Andreas, I, uh -huh. I'm sure we both agree. Uh -huh. they, they see a, an insight that's truly there in Paul's letters, that in, in Christ, uh, Jews and Gentiles are one. Uh, we belong to one another, the boundary markers, circumcision, Sabbath, uh, food laws, those no longer are obligatory. They no longer divide Jews and Gentiles. I think the new perspective is uh, is weaker, however, when it when it tries to say, well, the reformers uh, got it wrong, that, uh, that there is not a polemic against justification by uh, works, by, uh -huh. by which I mean uh, a polemic against uh, trying to be right before God by one's moral behavior. Uh -huh. So, of course, the new perspective is changing as well. And as you already say, Andreas, it's it's an it's an old perspective now. So some some I have come more to a middle position. Uh -huh. I mean, you think of someone like Michael Byrd; he's pretty balanced on the whole issue. I, I guess I wouldn't say Michael's a new perspectivist. Uh -huh. On the other hand, N.T. Wright sometimes sounds like he's moving to the middle. And then sometimes he sounds like he's batting down the hatches. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he sounds rather, rather like uh, now there's there's nothing quite there's nothing good in the old perspective. Uh -huh. So, uh -huh. Uh -huh. but it it also seems to me that that discussion is 
maybe 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 people are, are getting tired of it and we're and they're moving on. So I, I uh-huh. included my commentary discussion of Douglas Campbell, kind of the, the apocalyptic uh, perspective that he holds. And uh-huh. of course, there's so many views out there. Yeah, I remember, uh, I think, uh, memory serves several years ago, you and um, and Tom Wright actually had a, a discussion at ETS, which I thought was very helpful because I think you pointed out then that that uh, he had moved uh, from soteriology to ecclesiology in terms of, you know, uh, where he thought the main issues were. And then you insisted that no soteriology ought to be primary in our reading of Paul. Did I get that right? Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 and that was in 2010 in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And Frank Thielman was part of that discussion as yes. well, as you, I'm sure you mm-hmm. remember. Yes. Uh, Tom, Tom Wright defined justification fundamentally in ecclesiological terms. Mm-hmm. And I just pointed out again and again in the text that justification is aligned with words like uh, sozo and soteria, mm-hmm. that, 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 that clearly this soteriological dimension is primary. So I think Tom would say justification is fundamentally about ecclesiology with soteriological implications. Uh But I think it's clear that it's the opposite. Justification is fundamentally about soteriology and there are ecclesiological implications. Yeah, it's fascinating. I, you know, recently read and required as as a textbook in one of my classes, uh, Tom Wright's book on recent uh, research uh, in Paul, and I was actually amazed that uh, that his main uh, foil in that book is James Dunn. You know, when in many ways you would think that uh, he would agree with him, or even uh, E.P. Sanders, right, is very critical of E.P. Sanders in that book. And so I think we, uh, maybe one other corrective, I, I don't think we can speak about the new perspective on Paul in the singular anymore, if that was ever true, because in many ways now uh, the debate has has um, has variegated to the extent that that. Uh, you know, the people we might tend to lump together as new perspective uh, have, have a lot of disagreements amongst each other. So uh, that new perspective is anything but unified. I think uh, as you look at the current scene, and you mentioned people like Mike Bird and others who try to find a middle ground to the point that you wonder if they're still proponents of the new perspective in the first place. Yeah, I think that's exactly right, Andreas. It is it is interesting to see uh, Tom and 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 Jimmy Dunn disagreeing on 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 matters, and uh-huh. of course, uh, I I exegetically, you instantly think of the the faith in Jesus Christ discussion, where where Dunn holds the traditional reading that it's faith in Jesus Christ instead of the faithfulness of Jesus Christ, and of course, they they disagree on some other matters as well. Exactly. Well, we appreciate your insight on that, Dr. Schreiner. And um, maybe for the benefit of our listeners, um, if someone would want to learn more about the current state of the discussion, would you recommend a, a starting point? We know there's an incredible amount of literature. Is there a good starting point for students of Scripture? Yeah, I, I think the, the most recent book that comes to my mind is Stephen Westerholm's Justification Reconsidered. So it's it's brief. Stephen Stephen writes beautifully, and uh, I think I think it's a very helpful entree into the discussion. Thank you for joining us today at Biblical Foundations. For more information, please visit the Center for Biblical Studies at Midwestern at cbs.mbts.edu. For further resources, please also visit biblicalfoundations.org. Please join us again next time at the Biblical Foundations podcast.